Welcome, we are live. Welcome everyone, my name is Nikki Lopez of Nikki Lopez Creative and you're watching The Circle where every Tuesday, 8.30 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm talking to artists, activists, social entrepreneurs, people doing great things in the world today. And two, I have double the trouble, good trouble. <laughs> so I have Donald Gunder and Damon Jones um, of Afro Pride Federation. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. We're excited yes, we to are. be on this platform. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. And so while we're getting, um, we're live in a couple of places. So on Facebook, we're live in The Circle, The Group, uh, Nikki Lopez Creative, as well as on YouTube and Periscope. And later on this week, then it will be uploaded on your favorite podcast to listen to. So just jumping right in. So um, both Donald and Damon are co-founders of Afro Pride Federation. Um, Afro Pride's Federation mission focuses on the solidarity, empowerment, and overall mental, physical, and social well-being of the people of color in the LGBTQ plus community and its subgroups and allies in South Florida. So I'm just so excited that you guys are doing this work. It's just like the moment I saw that little logo on Facebook, I was like, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so, um, so you know, jumping right in because I know both of you have a different point of view, a different aspect that you kind of bring together. And uh, Damon, you're the you're a psychotherapist, and so I want to, if you could, you know, kind of. Speak to us a little bit about like, what is that and what drew you to that profession? Definitely, um, a clinical psychotherapist. Um, basically, uh, we assist individuals, groups, and families um, for with any type of emotional or mental um, problems, basically is what a psychotherapist is. We're trained to actually implement those uh, interventions to change behaviors and to address those different uh, mental health problems. Um, what drew me to this was to the profession, rather. Um, I started off as a as into sociology. Um, and once I gained an understanding of more of societal problems and how things were developed and structured, um, I wanted to be a little bit more hands-on because going into the field, it was a lot of macro work. It was a lot of research. It was a lot of evaluations, uh, a lot of projects. Um, and I, I felt like I would be more uh, helpful if I was more hands-on in the community. So um, I went into clinical social work. Um, and from clinical social work there is when I um, went to grad school, I uh, achieved my master's degree and uh, license to practice. And um, basically that was it. I wanted to um, be more hands-on. It, it was definitely because I had a different perspective, basically. Uh, as when you when you're starting to get educated, and going into these schools, um, you notice that there is certain black cultural perspectives that are missing in some of the education. And um, so it's really needed. That cultural um, information is really needed to resolve a lot of the issues within our community. And um, I just think the experience that I have um, by reflecting the community and also being educated, um, just those two together can can, you know, I feel like can make a really big impact as far as, you know, helping within the community and make a positive impact. Mm -hmm. And why do you think that type of work is important? 
Um, definitely it's important because it heals. It heals, it empowers, it educates, it saves lives, it changes behaviors to positive behaviors. Uh, these things are, are, are very important. There are many uh, clients that I have. What's rewarding about it is I have, there are many clients that come back and say, hey, you saved my life. Or, hey, you know, I've stopped, you know, abusing drugs now and now I'm doing better. Or, you know, these 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 things are or I changed my attitude or my behavior about certain things. Or now I'm more educated about this subject. So now I'm acting different. Um, so th these things change lives. It heals. It, it really does. It does empower the community. And I think that, that's very important for us to thrive and survive. Yeah. And do you see like um, what are some challenges? Because like, you know, um, the norm or the stigma in black community, there's black community and then there's men, right? They're, they're just so opposed to it. What are some of the challenges that you face with doing that type of work, especially being uh, a black man? Well, I mean, just in general, <clears throat> definitely burnout. Uh, sometimes being a, a, a psychotherapist, you, you run into different uh, cases, let's say. And sometimes those cases could be very hard. Sometimes those cases could be uh, substance abuse, which is a, a really difficult sometimes in psychotherapy. Sometimes it could be suicidal. Sometimes it could be depression. So sometimes dealing with that on a daily basis um, mm -hmm. without the proper self-care um, can lead you to burnout. So I think as a psychotherapist, I think many can agree you have to really work on that part. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, and, that, and that's again, um, as I kind of stated before, there's certain information I felt like through my education that was missing culturally um, mm -hmm. when it came to black people, when it came to culture. And those and that information also goes into interventions <laughs> and, and, and different resolutions for the community. Um, and like I said, I, I didn't really see a lot of input coming from reflected from our community, coming from the mm -hmm. community that I came from and grew up in. I didn't see that. And mm -hmm. um, it's important for <clears throat> And the challenges came in because if they don't know it, they don't see it either. You understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if I say hey, this doesn't happen like this in our community, they're like, what are you talking about? This is what the textbook says. You know, mm -hmm. so that that's a challenge because it's like we don't even know what you're talking about. You know, mm -hmm. so how can we put this? How can we come together and say, hey, this is real and this is what's happening. And I know this is was what we're educated on and was wrote in the book. And I think that perspective, I think um, as a black male, the challenge is kind of getting our perspective into these uh, resolutions for our community. I think that's definitely it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And Donald, I know you do your, um, uh, what I saw you do more of the community work. And I wanted to know um, what was your start to that? Like what draws you into doing um, community work? Um, in particular? Um, I started out um, just being a bit, an event planner and being more of into the fashion at that particular time. I was um, working for Tommy Hilfiger and I was um, the visual, I was a visual um, merchandise there and I was dealing with a lot of uh, the creativity of just the store events with um, Tommy Hilfiger and into the into the retail world and then also planning at the same time once i got more so in the community um, my first event was um the lgbt prom i did an lgbt prom and that mm -hmm. all surfaced from just my experience that i saw that um it just was a lack it was just a lack in the community of a lot of events that i didn't see of um those bigger events not 
in the community for our safe people of color. And I started out with the LGBT prom. I thought it was different, it was significant. It went um, with the event planning that I was doing and then I just brought it to life. Um, it grew by like two years and I kept on continuing with it. From there, I developed a, um, a platform with the community with doing um, the promoting. I did a lot of promoting events and things like that. And going out at that time, um, you know, I've always noticed certain venues that um, in people of color was um, quite different from um, the other clubs. So um, I just came in wanting to just create a whole new experience for our community. And through time, I worked on it um, for years. 2014 is where I started in 2021 out here. And uh, this what got the community, this organization. Um, I experienced um, experienced a lot of um, backlash out there in the community as far as um, other groups. And so those times, those I felt those incidents gave me the drive to say, okay, it's time. It's time where we have this, we have that. It needs to be displayed in this way. And um, that's that's where I've been at since. I've been given. Do you, what are some of the challenges as well as some of the opportunities for doing like grassroots community organizing versus like if you were in corporate America or with a, a, a traditional nonprofit? Um, <laughs> well, either uh, one, yeah. <laughs> as far as like uh, grassroots, uh, once again, when we uh, we started and our focus is the overall wellness of the black LGBT community in the South Florida area. Um, so when you start off a grassroots, one of the things that you want to do is try to collaborate with uh, uh, organizations who have like similar focus and similar missions. And as we went out into, uh, I guess, the organization world within our uh, area, we didn't find a lot of uh, black LGBT organizations, black led, black focused. We didn't find a lot to collaborate with. So that was part of the, the challenge, um, kind of being not having a lot of uh, people to collaborate with when it comes to that focus in, in Black-led organizations. Um, but there are some out there, definitely. There are some out there. We have found some. There are definitely a lot out there internationally as well, definitely, who has been helping. So I just want to definitely put that on the table. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but that's just one of the challenges as well. And, and economics is just like, um, you know, if there's if you look at the rates, the, the as far as the black and brown community, the rates as far as uh, just the disparities in mental health, substance abuse, HIV, AIDS, you see that black and browns are black and brown people and LGBT are on the top of the list. But then when it comes to, and that list sometimes it, it fluctuates, but it kind of stays, remains the same. So it, it questions, it's like, where's the, the help coming from? Where's the, the money coming from? Where's the economic part of it also, where we want to understand, you know, how to, be able to transform relationships so we'll be able to help out our community economically as well because we there's a gap there as well. So that the challenges is, is economic challenges and also kind of finding collaborations and transforming relationships to be able to work with an organization that is black led and black focused. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the things that uh, definitely drew me because um, I've, I've worked with the, and worked, volunteered, whatever have you, been a part of so many different great initiatives 
um, in particular in South Florida, you don't see a lot of people uh, of them that are, you know, focused on black people, people of color, um, um, or, you know, you go to spaces and we're minorities, you know, <laughs> then we tackle on I'm a female, so it's even more of a minority because you go to LGBT spaces and, I was, and you're like, okay, white male dominated, you know? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. um, I think this is what makes, you know, what you all do extra special and extra needed, um, especially in South Florida. Yes. So for people who have not, who don't, who are not familiar with um, Afro, with your, with Afro Pride Federation, what do you, how do you explain it to them? Okay, well, Afro Pride Federation, we're a 501c3 nonprofit uh, organization that's based in Broward County. Um, and our, our mission focuses on the overall wellness of the black and brown LGBT uh, community. Um, we show that through, over, with, through um, overall support, uh, wellness support through our programs and services, which uh, includes mental health, um, substance abuse services, um, HIV prevention and education. Uh, we have a cultural arts program. Mm -hmm. Also our community collaboration will be happening uh, February 18th. Um, our community, and for community solidarity and cultural solidarity, so we have uh, different programs um, here. We have different programs, kind of like a holistic approach where we have different programs and different collaborations where we're trying to have a holistic approach where we'll be able to uh, impact mental health, substance abuse, as well as, well as linkage to other um, needs as far as um, healthcare, um, psychiatric, um, testing. Um, we have collaborated with uh, Trans Inclusive and Amphius of Broward County Mental Health. Um, mm -hmm. What's with us collaborated together, we're able to um, make a bigger impact on services. Um, so basically, that's what we are. We're, we're, we're a 501c nonprofit organization who focuses on the overall wellness of the black and brown community in the South Florida area. And we do have programs, culturally informed programs um, and services. Um, our board um, reflects the community. We made sure that was very important. Um, our board. Um, is of the community. It reflects the definitely community. We definitely have the and was educated in the community as well. Um, so that was very important for us when we uh, when we were um, founding this. So definitely that that's been a big help. Um, but we just wanted to make sure that this was a platform for for uh, black and brown uh, folk that focuses on black and brown LGBT population. Um, the high rates of mental health um, substance abuse, especially during during COVID time. And the the economic disparities all at the same time it just raised a, a real heightened need uh, for the community, and that's mm -hmm. kind of what sparked us to kind of like let's let's get this started because we have been working in the community prior before the organization for many years. Me as a psychotherapist on a mm -hmm. more individual basis, um, and him in the community as a community organizer. So um, you know when the need came up, we kind of sat down and was like you know. We can't do this by ourselves. You know, we're yeah. going to need a community. And so this, this is how it was founded. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but I was going to ask that because you st you all started this last year, like in the middle of the pandemic, you know, what could you kind of expand a little bit on like, what was the sense of urgency? Because some people that, you know, they're like, well, we're waiting for everything to get back normal before we start an idea. And you guys just jumped in like, what was the urgency for you? Well, we kind of started it. We was getting it prepared already earlier mm -hmm. that year. And then right when 
right when we were getting everything done, we was getting everything processed, and then boom, it was March, you know, March hit and it got, you know, as of January at the time, the president was saying that, oh, it was gonna be, you know, in January that this was nothing, you understand? Mm -hmm. And cool. things like that. So from there, um, we, we just continued and uh, we couldn't stop as far as um, understanding that the, the uh, pandemic was the pandemic was going on, we had to um, we just continue we just continue in our own way in, in short holes. Well, what did it for me was definitely just the highlight, the highlight and disparities. Every day on the news, you see uh, the COVID disproportionately affected the black uh, population. Uh, disproportionately affects in, in all these different disparity areas. So it was the, the major highlight of the COVID on our community, uh, which definitely sparked the urgent need. And then also the representation, um, you know, just the representation of the community and people that reflect the community in spaces that are making um, decisions. Um, we didn't see, notice that, you know, as well. So that just sparked the urgency. It was the urgency that you know, these our needs were highlighted. The needs of the community were highlighted at the time of COVID. And it would, and as far as representation, it was very little representation for the community, I felt. And I saw that sparked a need uh, for the organization. Just around that time, it was like the highlight definitely was like, wow, this is really needed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely the community, yes. Absolutely. What are some of the focuses um, or services that um, the Afro Pride Federation uh, delivers? Okay, right now we have um, mental health and substance abuse services. It's individual and group therapy. Mm -hmm. um, once again, for more information, you can always go to our website, afropriveflorida.org, um, or you can email us at info um, at afropriveflorida.org. Um, but definitely mental health and substance abuse. Um, we have individual therapy. We have group therapy. Um, definitely therapy for core occurring disorders, meaning HIV and another mental disorder. Uh, those are specialization, especially substance abuse. Um, we also have trans services uh, for the trans community. Um, there are different services within our trans community as far as HIV testing, um, support groups. Um, please go to our website for trans services as well. Um, also, our community collaboration, which we're growing now. Um, we'll have a community collaboration uh, monthly, and we will be inviting uh, community members to um, assess, to empower, to educate, um, to analyze, to critically analyze, you know, the needs of our community and how to come up with uh, resolutions. So we are gonna have that to kind of help us out with cultural solidarity. Um, we also have a cultural arts. I'm gonna let you go ahead and take it from here. <laughs> yeah, we have a cultural arts um, services which we give at um, the department. And we, I created this, um, it's called the Afro Pride Collective. It's a collective of um, different individuals in the community of different arts. Um, they're like, there's a whole mixture from um, males, you have the lesbian community, you have the trans community. Um, specifically, um, we have dancers, we have musicians, we have um, artists like the actual um, a painter and there and singers. And from there, we only create in the community that's going to um, make an impact off of what we are doing and what's going on right now. Things will be, uh, the projects will be based on uh, social justice, uh, discrimination, um, everything on that on that line there. Um, mm -hmm. 
our title this year is uh, just rise, rise up. And um, most of our projects will reflect of what, what the rise up means. Mm -hmm. And uh, our overall and our big performance this year will be the Afro, the Afro Pride. It's hopefully based off of what's going on now, hopefully by October, we'll be able to do the, the big pride itself. And um, that's when our big project will actually be displayed. And um, also we're creating a uh, marching band, a marching band and um, yes, it will reflect almost HBCU style. So mm -hmm. uh, it could be community-based uh, LGBTQ and, uh, and allies as, as well. So we are, we are working on that. And um, that's definitely a highlight for the parade in um, Music Fest, the Apple Pride, later on this year. Um, there's a lot of uh, groundwork for that one, but uh, we get it together. We get it together. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, oh, also, we do also have a Mr. and Mrs. Apple Pride as well. We haven't um, presented to the community yet because um, we, you know, we chose. It took us time to choose the right people. They're going to rain for a year. We're going to actually pull actually for um to actually crown the new Mrs. and Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Fish uh, for the for the upcoming year. So that also um that also goes with the culture side and um basically the Af the Afro Pride Mr. and Mrs. They would be um you know they're like role models in the community and also the work. Things on hands as far as the uh, volunteer uh, community service as well in the community. Um, that gives a platform to other individuals as our, um, you know, we have a lot of performers out there. We have a lot of uh, artists. We have a lot of um, leaders in the community. And most times, um, the pageants are able to uh, display their, their talent in that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. so a lot of volunteering opportunities out there with our cultural arts program, just to add that in. And yes, from the mental health perspective, um, definitely um, there is representation needed within the community. Um, I didn't see a lot of our cultural arts kind of reflected in a lot of the pride parades within the community. Um, just a lot of different things. So I think um, and these and the, the cultural arts perspective that we're touching are cultural norms within our community as far as like the Afro a pride marching band. You know, we have thousands and thousands of people who go come from HBCUs to see that, but you never see that in like that style of marching band within, you know, the the main uh, prides and the main festivals. Mm -hmm. We're trying to just add that, you know, that cultural norm, you know, to mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> to to the and and also mentally it does. We do I, as a therapist, one of the things you want to do is try to send people out. Uh, to places socially, you know, to have, because the social wellness is very important as well. And if you don't have that place, as you well know, to kind of express these different type of things, um, um, it could be ne a negative impact, let's say that. So just to have a space for our community to be able to express and, 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 uh, and share in these cultural norms um, and provide that platform um, is, is the mental part of it <laughs> is, is what it is for me. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I will definitely relate to why um, an organization like yours is important in our community. 
Um, but what would you say for some people who might say, well, there is a pride. Why don't you just join that pride? What's the significance? What's the importance for the community, the LGBT community and the black LGBT community? What's the significance of having something like this when there already is a pride organization and different things like that? Um, I feel our community is underrepresented. It's, they're unrepresented with um, when it comes to those prides. You know, mm -hmm. they're not they are not of a lot of people of color in those prides. Um, mm -hmm. They're they're not displayed as um, we're not displayed on a lot of the flyers, a lot of the programs, a lot of the events. Um, and I I saw that through years. So the way the way the purpose of it being set up in the way that it's being set up from the lack that it is there. And um, mm -hmm. it's not to say that, um, you know, that there's a big problem that we don't want to do that. It's just that mm -hmm. there's going to be a safer and a space for our people to feel comfortable. And just to let um, the community know that, um, you know, there is a bigger platform for them. Mm -hmm. right? so, um, and it's not just for, it's for our allies yeah, as well. It, we it is. We're not single anybody out. Um, through time, um, you know, we have good hosts, we have great performers, we have great artists. There, even in South Florida, here alone, once we do start doing things, you they will see that there are major like LGBT artists on so many different levels that has music out, that has talent that's been on TV. That you know, we have, um, you know, sometimes you talk to certain people, um, you know, in, in other um cultures. They they not even aware of the mm. events that they have or even the clubs. They'd be shocked, like, oh, I didn't know, you know, they never even heard of it's been around for almost 20 years now. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's we are here and, and this is what we do have. And um we, and we are definitely looking to come together. Um, because mm -hmm. we, we are now partnering with other prides to um be part of their prize. But mm -hmm. but as far as Afro Pride, this is us and this is mm -hmm. how this is what we do, and this is what we're developing for a comfortable space for um you know our people of color to display their talents because i feel again we're um underrepresented they, we, we're in so many different ways mm -hmm. thanks for uh um for shared cultural norms self-love and for everybody to come and join you know um for lauderdale, for lauderdale pride i just wanted to send them a shout out because um they reached out and definitely was like oh my god there's a Afro Pride, and we haven't seen one, and we're excited to see one. And just let us know, you know. So mm -hmm. there are, you know, people are showing interest in the Pride, and 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 the oh yes, and also the Flock Fest definitely too were uh, mm -hmm. someone who and who uh, was like, hey, we want to be able to join in and, and as I said, transform relationships, and that's what we're doing now as far as collaboration, transforming relationships, and one of the. The hashtags that I like um, is add shade. I mean, add color and not shade. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I I love when you um talk about when you mention about the flyers because that's something, you know, um, I'm extremely keen on, and and I've been in different spaces when people are talking about how do we have diversity and inclusion, or you know, I have a party going on. And, but everybody's not coming to the party because you know that I guess that's part of my graphic design brain too, and that's just diversity and always being the sore thumb in a sea of white or light faces. And mm -hmm. it's just like, look at your flyer. 
So mm -hmm. if you have a flyer, that's something, you know, people talk about diversity and inclusion and all these things. And then the flyer, you have this, you know, one type of people, one type of look, one type of body shape, one type of hair texture. That's why you yeah. start there with your branding, with your design, with your photos. You got 10 people in the photos. You didn't know, know anybody black. Like something, you know, nobody most had time, another hairstyle. <laughs> yeah, most time the DJ, the music, the the host, the you know, all that pays a part. All mm -hmm. that pays a part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. How how can people support Afro Pride Federation and get involved with Afro Pride Federation? Volunteer. <laughs> Definitely um volunteer. Yeah. Volunteer. Um you know, coming out to our events or, um, you know, hitting us up in our uh, inbox, emailing us, letting us know how, you know, you can benefit, how can you help. Um, yeah, that's a volunteer uh, participation uh, donations, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. Always go to, um, like I said, info, I'm sorry, afropriflorida.org. Um, there you can find all of our information. You'll be able to, um, there's information for you to participate, volunteer, and also donate as well uh, mm -hmm. to the organization cause. Um, but that that is definitely way. And um, when, we, when you see Afro Pride, you know, it's, it's know it's love. And um, <laughs> come, come join us in the celebration of self-love. It really is. How did you both started working with each other? Like, is this your first project together? Have you done other projects together? We definitely, yeah. Um, we've done other projects together. Um, we, we're from the same place. <laughs> we're from the same place, same community. And we definitely, we did a, a, a tribute to legends um, for the community. And it was basically about the community. The We realized that the community members that were stars in our community uh, wasn't being noticed on, on a bigger platform. So we decided to build that platform. This was before Afro Pride. And we had a, a big, uh, what was called a tribute to the legends. Well, we had um, members of the uh, trans community, uh, the lesbian community, um, the, the gay community, where we all, we, well, it was we did a community assessment as well <laughs> to see who would they think would be the best uh, representative or who's the yes, star and why. and why. And so we've been, and that was, what year was that? 17. Okay, that was 2017. So that wasn't that far ago, but we've been mm -hmm. doing things like that for the community. So this is something that's in us. It's our, it's our passion. It, it mm -hmm. really is. There was no funding behind that. There was no help behind that. This yeah, was something that true. we got up and did for our community. It came right out of our pockets yes. and did it. Even when I did, started out with uh, <laughs> LGBT proms, the first two I did, and it's never, you know, it was just never out the pocket. I mean, out, it was out of my pocket, never from, you know, any you know, donations, no no funding, no grants, no, you know, just from scratch, just to um, give a platform, just something new to mm -hmm. the community. Right. Yeah. And I just want to give a little acknowledgement. We have uh, Yasmin saying, absolutely so true. The flyers mean a lot. Inclusion. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just so glad to hear other people saying it because I sometimes feel like a broken stick record. Like, you know, look at it. <laughs> Right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I think I'm, you know, not think, I'm definitely to the point where even, especially when it comes to nonprofits and organizations that, you know, like to talk about diversity and inclusion, 
and I see a group photo and it's only white people or only light skinned, fair skinned people, I'm just like, what's up with that? Because you're not, you're not even being conscious of the things that you post. You post diversity and inclusion, but then you have a group picture and everybody looks the same. You're not even being intentional about just that, like making sure you know you have as much representation. I mean, you can't. It's it. You know, maybe in every situation may not apply, but it's just like it's too much where people are not thinking of all those things in 2021. Mm-hmm. So, and that may fall into the leadership role. If, it, if if we have more people that reflect the community and their leadership, the people that are making decisions, I think that would help too, as far as, as the flyers and, and just noticing that difference. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, because, you know, what we've noticed is what we what our community calls black face, <laughs> where, you know, they'll find a black person and stick them here and say, hey, this is diversity and inclusion. And, you know, and, yeah. and that works for as a picture for a lot of people. And, but <laughs> from the community perspective, it's like, you know, we know, we're, we know that's just a black face mm-hmm. and it doesn't include, you know, everything about our community. So we, we've come in across that, what we yeah. call black face, where they'll mm-hmm. just use black face and say, hey, this is diversity and inclusion. Here's a black face. Yeah. 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 And yeah. no input from the community, half, no reflection yes. of Half it. of the time, it's really not a person that's actually in the community because half the time someone would be like, who, who, who is that? Half the community would be like, who is that? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it has to be a, um, what do you call it? This social norm, like um, cultural norm. Mm-hmm. That's familiar with the community who we all can relate to. Mm-hmm. And not to say that there wouldn't be support, but that goes to um, back to that that word again, like the black face, because um, that that doesn't always solidify, um, you know, the inclusion. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't always. It's not It's not just. <laughs> We have to do the proper research to whatever, and sometimes it looks like it just be like, "Oh, hey, Lenny, you know, we need you over here." Mm-hmm. But it takes the whole community. It takes the whole community, and it takes understanding to know who to represent the, co- mm-hmm. that, the community. Yeah, I I read came across an article where it talked about uh, tokenism in the nonprofit sector in particular. And it's just like reading that, it's just like, ooh, ouch, ouch, because I, I could definitely remember sometimes I was like <laughs> they be right on point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, be right on point. Mm-hmm. And and you experience while reading it, sometimes you actually be going through experiencing it. Mm-hmm. When you when you those those different um articles that's out there like that, you mm-hmm. come across those um those experiences. Mm-hmm. You come across experience at at, at at times. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, and and you have an event coming up soon. Uh, the this actually this Thursday, well, virtual chat. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you have things okay coming up. Okay. Yes. Um, and so yeah, so I I posted on here, and I'm gonna put it in the group. So, um, we got some people listening, but I guess it's just like they're soaking it up. But I do appreciate the. the comment that we have i'm going to put um in the comments how people can connect to you it's already in the actual post but i'll put it up there anyway uh do you um you know because uh you speak a lot about like mental health and well-being you have a lot of stuff going on how do you each balance your work and mental health 
Do you have like any self-care practice, anything that you do personally to, to balance that for yourself? Well, um, well, as far as for me, I know in, uh, in grad school, one of the things that they taught us um, in being a psychotherapist is self-care. Like it's a mandatory because, because of the different cases you're going to come across. So early on, um, self-care is, is definitely there. There are times where um, I, I like to um, there's times where I, I like the gym, you know, the gym uh, cardio is my space where I can just kind of be riding in a car for a period of time in, in the gym cardio. That is my mental space. <laughs> that is my um, um, self-care. Um, but you know, self-care can be a lot of different things. But those that that's what that kind of what you know. Some people do meditation. Some yeah. people do different things. But that's what kind of centers yeah. me. Some of what he said is the same for me. The self-care. Um, I also I work out um, as well. And most of the times when I'm when I'm there and start meditating, um, that's what I do as well. Definitely. Um, I also play the violin, and I do that's that's a, that's a big comfort zone for me. And um, I just pick it up and just just go. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. I always love the violin. Those areas definitely. We have Gracia yeah. from Feminine Africa. Thank you, Nikki, for tonight's uh, chat. Excellent guest. Happy Afro Pride. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Yes, yes. If you had access to a time machine, where would you go and why? The past or the future? Ooh. Well, for me, I would go in the past. <laughs> I would go in the past because uh, um, I relate to a lot of things in the past, and I feel also I learned from meditation and um, on the spiritual aspect of a lot of things that I feel that I can go back and correct. Not not just in my life, just with you know things that went on back in the past with ancestry and things like that. I would love to travel back at that. Mm -hmm. at that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I can keep the knowledge I have now and go back, oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can keep that, yeah. If I can keep the knowledge and go back, I would definitely go back. I think I would be able to make a bigger uh, impact on a lot of different things in the world, in my life. <laughs> definitely. Absolutely. And we have uh, Yasmin saying, um, I love what you're doing. Keep pushing. So many people need support. It's so hard to find, especially those that seek family. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and especially within the LGBT community, because a lot of times we have to um, settle on, not even settle, or select chosen families, because you have a lot of people, um, especially, you know, coming from a black household where it's even more that, you know, they would get isolated, shunned, kicked out, you know, um, because of who they are and who they love and who they choose to be. Mm -hmm. exactly. Definitely, definitely. It is very important. Um, yeah, and that's why creating social spaces also, because sometimes as a psychotherapist, you know, if someone comes to you and telling you they're being abused in their home by their family, you know, it's hard to say, well, go back there. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, you kind of want to push people in spaces where they are empowered, where they are loved, where they are, you know, so those space like the ballroom scene to me helps definitely yeah, yeah. They, they create families within the ballroom scene a lot of people well you could speak more on that you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah in the ballroom scene you have um we have families that created there's a mother there's a father and a lot of times there are people in the community that get strong away from their family and they they 
you know, they meet role models here. Actually, brother and the sister, and uh, and it's just it's just ongoing love. And most times, the other houses we are. I'm also in a um, in a house. Um, also, um, um, we get together a lot, just celebrate at times, just get together, talk, um, help each other. Open. Yeah, there's some people that out and don't have the looking for a job, um, and there's always major support here. The platform there is it's a huge platform. It's a huge family, and um, it's it's, it's definitely needed in the community as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, what were you saying? No, it's a okay. Um, I see Valerie. Yes, whatever makes you feel centered. Wow, me too. Used to play oh the violin. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I I love the violin. I love how it sounds. Um, I there's this girl that I that you know. Sometimes when you're a kid, you know, you don't have, you don't have um, who you're around, you know, you don't have any um, control over that. But there was this girl that I came across, um, that we became friends and she played the violin. She started teaching me a couple of little songs, but this is so many years ago, um, but I never touched it, you know, again, but I always love hearing it. So <laughs> I hope I get to hear you play one of these days. <laughs> you would. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, so, you know, I think we're wrapping up here. Let me check. Okay, there's no more comments. So, yeah, Valerie, it's fine that you're late. You know, you could always go back and watch this. Um, the uh, The circle is always going to be on YouTube. Um, it's always going to be on Facebook under Nikki Lopez Creative. And it's always going to be on, you know, your favorite podcast. So Spotify, iTunes, uh, the Google podcast is going to be there for you to uh, listen to. Um but thank you for joining us. <laughs> so um, any final words while we're wrapping up tonight? Um, no, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for having us on your platform. Uh, yes, we are you. so honored. We really, really appreciate it, uh, yeah. especially coming out as a grassroots organization. Uh, this type of uh, spotlight is definitely something that is going to boost us, and we really appreciate that. Um, also, um, in more information, you can always go to afroprideflorida.org. Uh, you can email us at info at afropriateflorida.org. Um, like I said, we need, as you, as you spoke, violin players. Uh, we have a cultural arts department, and we are going to need people. So please uh, email us. Let us know if you play an instrument, if you're interested in becoming part of the collective. Also, um, if you have any uh, issues as far as um, concerns, as far as uh, linkage, mental health care, substance abuse, mm -hmm. trans services, psychiatric services, you can also email us as well. Um, we will be having a community uh, collaborative um, on Thursday. Is that correct? Thursday, From 730 to 8 o'clock. So uh, please log on. Uh, go to our Facebook like page. Uh, we also have an Instagram, which should be uh, in the chat. Or yeah. <laughs> the links are, in the, links are uh, posted. Um, and, you know, that's it. Thank you. We, just, we appreciate it. We are a new organization. We are looking forward to collaborating, definitely, and transforming relationships. And um, we just want to say thank you. And we are here. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And we have um, uh, Yasmin enjoyed the circle tonight. Thank you. I'm glad you um, enjoyed and tuned in. Absolutely. And Valerie, greetings to your guests. <laughs> Hello. Absolutely. 
So yeah, it was just, it was definitely a pleasure. I know um, Dodd and I, you know, ever since I've seen it, then we kind of got connected on Facebook and we kind of like, well, I want you on the circle. So it's just, you know, um, I'm really happy that I was able, you know, able to get you all in. Um, I don't, you know, like some, like everybody, you know, I try to have like little focuses here and there. So like February is Black History Month, even though many of us know Black History is 365. <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad to have, you know, um, have your organization showcased um, in the month of February um, because, you know, it's Black History. And again, because of some of the stigmas in the Black community, a lot of times LGBT um, issues and people and heroes are also kind of ignored during Black History. So I think it's, you know, um, I'm just really honored to um, share the platform and share what you guys are doing and up to. And I just wish you all the best. I'm looking forward to um, Thursday's conversation and those who may not know, I will be one of the people on there, which it just happened by chance because we've been Indeed. talking about being on the circle. So just so you know, <laughs> it was totally by chance, but um. Yes. Definitely um, love that you all are here today. Um, thank you so much for um, being here and sharing what you're up to and just being that, you know, especially in times like this, you know, mental health is really um, important. And especially during times like these where people are home isolated and, you know, don't have the resources that they normally would have when it was pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I, I think it's really important the work you're doing. And I love that it's just like social and mental and arts and all these other layers just, you know, combine into one organization that's really powerful. So Thank you. Appreciate it. absolutely. And so um, I posted up the, the, the links for, uh, for Afro Pride Federation. Please go and follow them. Uh, thank you for all who are here watching live. Um, thank you for all who's going to watch it on the replay. Please, if you are listening, you enjoyed it, please consider sharing this in your on your spaces, your social spaces. You could share it on YouTube. You could share it on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, anywhere you have. Um, please share it out. Someone you know needs, wants to hear this information and be inspired to to join and contribute to what's going on. Um, the Circle is brought to you by Nikki Lopez Creative and What's Your Elephant? What's Your Elephant is an organization that uses the arts to create a safe space to talk about anything unspoken. So if you want more information on what uh, some of the work that I do, you can go to whatsyourelephant.org. You could also go to Linktree, Nikki Lopez 19, for more information. So um, this is the end of the episode. Thank you so much, guys, for being here. Um, and I will see you all next week. Next week? Yes. <laughs>